This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. And we will be continuing on this teaching of God's purpose for the family. And we're dealing with the section on purpose for the male husband and father. And as for my part of this section, I'm dealing with God's order in the family. And so we want to make sure that you understand, hopefully, during this time of, of teaching, this time of family life class, that there's a lot has been said, right? But, but understand there's a flow that God has when it comes to his order for his family and what he has established. And we said this before, in Christ there is no difference in gender or ethnicity, but in the creation of mankind, there is a difference in gender for purpose sake. Right? Gender we're referring to as male or female. That's the gender. There's no in-between. Either you are a male or either you are a female. That is the creation of God. And for purpose, we mentioned purpose means to <clears throat> intend or the model or position. So that means God has an intended position or purpose for his male. And the thing we are dealing with during this time of this teaching, we're dealing with the male factor. And it's good to deal with the male factor. It's good to deal with the brother. Right? And God wants to make sure that the male understand that they have an intended purpose and you have an intended position. And that is according to God. So before God created mankind, he purposed them to be in the image of his son. And so let's look at this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. The image in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so in this passage of scripture we called out a few takeaways. Takeaways we called out was that man Kind is equal to male and female. Right? They both are equal. They both are in the image and likeness of God. That means the male and female. They're not, one is not above the other in the Lord. One is not superior to the other. But they're made different for purpose's sake in order to function properly within marriage. And so that's the thing you need to really always understand when it comes to the family structure. Male and females were made purpose, were made different for purpose sake when it comes to how they function. Right? And that's God's order. And that function is in marriage. Alright? So there's a pre-described godly order in the family structure. And this pre-described godly order in the family structure is based on God's standard. So now let's look at this in Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 21. Genesis 2 and 21. And it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in, instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. 
And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of, of man. And then verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And so we talked about this, how it was amazing how God had set up when a woman came onto the scene and, and brought this woman to Adam. And now once Adam saw this woman and made covenant with her, Talking about this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God said, hey, we're going to put this marriage covenant around this relationship. Before you go out and talk about being one flesh, let's make sure you are married. Right? And so that's why I love in verse 24, it talks about Adam and, and, and the woman to go from a, a, a male and a, and a wife. Because verse 24 says, therefore shall a man now leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Not to his woman, his wife. And they and his wife shall be what? One flesh. Right? Not his woman. His wife. Right? Because see, a lot of brothers, you may have a woman, but you ain't got a wife. Don't, you, know, you don't have one flesh time with, with a woman. You have one flesh time with your wife. Right? Understand that, man. Understand that, brothers. Under, get what that means, right? And one flesh is, you know, we're, in this term, we're talking about the sexual aspects, right? Of a marriage. The sexual aspects of a marriage is just between a husband and a wife. Not between a man and a woman. You understand that, right? The wife is the woman. You understand that, right, brothers? Make this point clear. Right? So that casual sex that you're doing, thinking, well, she's a woman, but she's not your wife. That's not God's described order. Right? You need to come away from that. But we love each other. That's not God's prescribed order. Right? If you, if you love each other, then guess what? Get married. Like I said, put a ring on it. Make her official. She's actually your wife. Have your little ceremony. Right? And then, then you realize, oh, this, you know, a wife is different than just being my woman. Right? Once you step into that marriage covenant, once you get into that cup, you realize, oh, you know, this, she's a little different now. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, like they said, we's married now, so it's on. Right? And they let you know immediately, hey, you married me. You didn't marry your mama. You didn't marry your sister. And I'm not going to do what they do. Right? They're going to let you know there's a difference between a woman and your wife. Right? So, yeah, get married. Right? That's, what God, that's God's prescribed order. But, again, you see that as soon as this, this woman came on the scene, I look how God said, we're going to put covenant around it. And he said, now there's my bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And so we begin to, to get into a discussion around what is a major issue in the Christian home. The major issue in the Christian home. And it's, again, about the male. The male does not know where he is to be positioned relating to his purpose according to God's order. It's a male factor. Because we saw here, Adam was created first. And then the woman, the wife, came onto the scene. I mean, there's so much to learn in that, right? So much to say on those things. Right? In other words, man, you need to understand, before you bring a wife into your, into your home, you should be established. You don't bring a wife into a home that's not established. Like I said, it always starts turning into premarital class and slips right in there because it talks about God's order. If you're not established, why are you bringing a wife into your home? A wife is not there to get you established. You should already be established. And fathers, you need to understand that when it comes to your daughters, hey, you tell them that guy, like, hey, look, you ain't established. You cannot take care of my wife. You can't even take care of yourself. How are you going to take care of a wife? So, hey, you may want to marry my daughter, but No. I'm not giving, you know, there's a point of the ceremony where they say, who gives away this, this, this daughter? He's like, I ain't giving her away. 
Now, she may rebel and do her own thing, but I'm not giving her away. Right? And so, because, again, a, a man, a, a, a husband, he has to be prepared and established to take care of a wife. See, I love how God does this. See, all we think about, you know, I say all we, our main uh, uh, mentality when it comes to marriage is about sex. And there's a lot more to marriage than sex. Matter of fact, once you get married, you realize that sex is a very small, small portion of the marriage process, the marriage covenant. Very small. But I know you can't see it now because you're on the other side. Until you get in and you're like, oh, they were right. Trust me, you're not going to be sitting there having sex all day. Stop watching those movies and those shows and watching that stuff. That is, that's scripted. It, it's not like that. Right? And you ask some of these married brothers, they'll let you know. No, it ain't like that. You know, that one actually want me to go to work. Want me to give us some money to go shopping. Right? She want me to get, keep the grass cut, whatever. You know, I, there's things, opportunities I got to do. There's other obligations I have. We're not in the bedroom 24-7. But you got to be established as a male. So the main issue is, is the male factor when it comes to a Christian home. And the male's influence in the home will be uh, the male influence in the home will be will set the direction of his family. That means as a male, I'm going to set the direction of my home. And what I mean by home and his family, again, going back to this, you don't have to be married to set the direction of your home. Males, you should be setting the direction of your home now before you have a wife, before you bring her into that to that marriage union. You always should have the direction set in your home. And guess what? The potential, uh, uh, you know, wife that you bring in, she should be able to know it. She should see it. She should know the direction you're going to, males. And she should be able to ask you, what direction are you, are you heading to before you even get married? And what is that direction? The direction that the male should have and the husband should have, the priority is always God. See, my priority is God. My priority as a male is not to get married. Get this. That's not the priority. My priority is God. And then everything else flows out of that. Because what happens if you start putting marriage on a pedestal that is above God, then all you focus is on is a marriage and not focus on God. Marriage does not come above God. And how do we do this? You know, because you see this when people start, I don't know, it's, it's amazing how people when they get married all of a sudden, their wife and their husband takes on deity in their home. And they forgot that all of a sudden that was because of God's reason why there is a marriage covenant. That's why you don't treat your wife or you don't treat your husband as God. God is in that role alone. My wife is not my God. Right? My, being her husband, I'm not her God. I do not operate in that role. But in marriage, you act like they are deity. Right? I guess you're on Mount Olympus, right? You got somebody who's Zeus and somebody who's whatever the, the girl woman name was, right? You know, you, you act like you're running your own little godly corner. And I'm like, no, you, there's no deity in your home. Right? But we treat our husband and wives like that. And you know how that, that happens, right? Because you get to a place where, and we, we talked about this last week, the last time, you get to a place where you, you're scared to put the man's in your wife. You know why putting the man's in your wife? There's a responsibility that your wife needs to do in her home. And as a husband, since you've got direction in your house, you've heard from God, you've got to pass it on to your wife. And you've got to put demands on her. Again, why do you put demands on her? I ain't seen boss around. Right? Again, we just said this male and female. They're, they're, understand, there's, there's not, you're not trying to say who's the boss. 
We're not in competition. We're not, we're not competing for supremacy in our home. But there's order. God's order. And God's going to speak through the man to bring forth order in his home. And I got to relate it as a man. I got to relate that through my, to my wife. I got to put the man's up. There's a certain way my home is going to run. And guess what? Once I say that, that's not up for discussion. I don't need your opinion about that. That's God's order. This is how my home is going to run. But the issue that a man has, and I said this last time, is your henpeck. Right? And we talk about henpeck brothers. Where the wives are browbeating them. Intimidating them. Manipulating them. See, brothers, you've been manipulating your own house. And you are scared to say something to your wife because you know she's going to just unload on you. Right? And here's how she unloads. She uses manipulation. Manipulation is interesting, right? And we said about this manipulation. Manipulation is something that you use as leverage to get your way or for your advantage. It's something that your wife uses as leverage against you to get her way. For, for, again, for their advantage. And I mentioned the, on the top of the list, again, I put things in order, but it, it, it may not be in your home. But one thing a wife will use in their house to get their way with their husbands is sex. She'll do sexual favors to get her way. With, or withholding sex. That's manipulation. Right? Again, we read this in Genesis 2, right? It said, so the two shall be one flesh. Right? There's no, there's no stipulation in that, right? There's no favors that you have to do in order to be one flesh. Just, just, it's amazing how this works. Right? Whether I'm acting right or not, that, doesn't, that does not interfere with our sex relationship. I don't have to do something for me, you to have sex with me. I'm talking about husband and wife. You know, again, that's why I say, hey, you unmarried folks, you better understand the state you're in. Right? Because when you get married, I mean, when you get married, it's not like married folks playing games. Married folks play plenty of games. There's games being played at all times. Right? Understand that. I mean, I, there's games being played. And that's why as a male, you better hear from God because I'm going to tell you right now, you're not smart enough to figure it out on your own. That woman's been playing games with you for the longest. You didn't even know it. That's how she got you into marrying you, right? It is the game she played. She enticed you ahead of time. You looked at it and didn't want her, but then she got your place. Now I want to marry you. She played that game with you. And you fell right into it. She's been manipulating you from day one. There's games. So sex is one, one area that they use to, that, that, to manipulate the husband. Sex, they would hold it. Right? Or they'll do sexual favors. Another one we mentioned was children. They'll use the children. You know, they'll tell the children, go, go tell your father this or tell your father that, right, to get their way. You know that? The, the wives will use their children to manipulate the fathers. Right? And again, you know, I have a granddaughter. I don't have a daughter, but I can imagine them sending their, their lovely daughter over to you and say, tell your daddy go do this. Because he, you know, he won't say uh, no to you. You're his precious daughter. Right? But he said no to me. Or let me say different. He didn't, I didn't get my way. That's manipulation. You see, I'm, I'm dealing with the males. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm brothers, I'm trying to help you out. Right? Understand you're being manipulated. And what you're doing, you're treating your wife again as deity. You gotta tell your wife, you're not God. 
Only thing I owe you is on this side. Right? I married you. Right? But you're not God. You're not my God. Another area of manipulation is money. You're right. You know, women will use money. You know, it's amazing how, you know, things you, you know, our husbands are. There's certain things they want to do. Again, like I said, games are being played. There's things you want to do in your home. Right? In other words, there's things you're looking forward to for the future. You know, in other words, like you tell your wife, we've got to save money. I mean, that's, you just cussed her out. You know, something about telling the wife you've got to save money. They, I don't know what they heard, but all of a sudden, they just uh, save money. And, they, you know, their mind like, what do you think I've been doing? I've been sa-. They're, they're, they go somewhere else when you say save money. Right? Because you you, you've heard from God, you're trying to bring some discipline in your home. And now you say we need to save some money. And now your wife's like, well, okay. You know, I'm the, now I'm going to have to... Do some other thing because now he don't need to caught on to my game. So I'm the, so they, they upped it up on you. So now here comes the games to start playing when it comes to money. Right? So things that you heard God say we need to save money on to, to get where you need to be at or, or put discipline in your finances, they have an issue with. But if something they want to do, oh, then they'll come and tell you we need to save money. See, that's the game. All of a sudden they got all kind of ideas of how we can be more disciplined in order to get what they want. Brothers, catch that. You want to how come all, you, you have to battle your wife when it comes to certain things around finances. But other things, there's no battle at all. She's in agreement. She's helping. She was built to do that. But you've got to put her in the right direction. That's your job. Well, my wife's not like that. Well, praise God for your wife's not like that. But everybody's not in the same boat you are. But, but women will use manip- money from, as manipulation. And another one is the job. And I mentioned this last time around the job. If you have a wife that's making more money than you, right, they'll use that against you, brothers. They'll say things that I am the breadwinner. And they may not say that to you, but they act that way. Since I make more money than you do, then I can bring from the direction of the home. That, but we just see, that's not God's prescribed order. God never said that because whoever makes the most money is the one that's responsible for the direction of the home. No, it's the male who has the responsibility for bringing direction in his home. Not the one that's bringing in the most money. And I told you this last week. I tell you this. When your wife, she comes out there to tell you that, you know, hey, you know you, uh, uh, I make more money than you, so that's why I'm going to give direction in the home. Tell her, that's why I married you. Let her know. Hey, hey just go ahead and step in it. I married you because I was a gold digger. I knew what I was getting. You're going to keep making that money, and I'm going to keep you out there hustling because that's why I married you. That's right, you make more money. Now, pass me the remote and give me some of the drink. Right? Check her. Because, brothers, this is your house. See, I know, I understand some of y'all laugh. You're scared. I understand. You're henpecked. If she got a nerve to bring you about how much money she make more than you do, and then now she want to bring the direction to how because of her money situation, you need to, she need to be checked. She's missed God's order. It's not about that. Not in God's plan. You don't have the responsibility to bring an order in your house because you make the most money. Again, tell that's why I married you. That's right. I married a woman with a good job making good money. You go, go to work. I'll be here when you get back. You keep her straight. I understand, brother. Like I said, I, I know you're at. You, you ain't there yet. You're scared. 
trying to help you. Bring order to your home. Right? It, it'll take, it's nothing like, and I, there's nothing like checking your wife. And, 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 you know, I say these things, I hope these things are not taken out of context. Not, you don't, you're not doing it for to, to show that you're the male. You're not, you don't say in your home, I'm the male, so woman, you gotta submit to me. That's not what you do. Your actions should show that you're worthy to be submitted to. Even if you're not. Your actions should show that. I don't have to sit there and tell my wife to submit to me. My actions should show her that. But when she's out of order, you have to say something to her. Right? And you've got to be stern. Right? Because that manipulation is coming. Because then once you deal with that, then she's going to go right back to the first thing, sex. Okay. You know, Mr. Okay, I married you for that day. You're going to be sleeping in whatever for a while. Fine. You know, there's a time in my life I didn't have sex. You know, hey, you can withhold what you want. I'm not changing. Sex is not going to move me. Who moves me is the Spirit of God. So whether you withhold sex or whatever you're going to do with the sexual thing, that's not going to change the direction of my home. But brothers, I'm telling you, these are things you're going to have to learn. So you should learn this before you got married, but now you're married, you've got to learn it real time. Nothing like real time learning, right? Because you take a few knocks and, and everything, learning things real time. But that's what you stepped into. Remember, nobody couldn't tell you nothing before when you got married. So you step right in it. But stop being henpecked. And I said, henpecked man, they married Jezebel. And, that, and I talked about, again, last time about Jezebel. Right? And Jezebel, I said before, it's not about wearing no red. It's not about putting makeup on. That's not Jezebel. It's all about the manipulation to get her way, especially those in leadership. And she looks at you as a person that's in leadership in the home. So she wants to manipulate you to get her way. That's Jezebel. And henpecked men marry Jezebel. And I, and, I, and I told you last time, well, what can you do if you marry Jezebel? Here, here's the thing to help you when it comes to Jezebel. Right? Keep Jezebel busy. That will help you when it comes to Jezebel. Jezebel has too much idle time on her hands to try to manipulate you. If you keep her working, keep her raising them children, keep, hey, all them old-fashioned things that, people, that women get mad about, cooking and cleaning, and how, that's what Jezebel needs to be at. Keep her there. When her mind is busy, she's, already, she's always on the go. That's good. That's good for Jezebel. No, no idle, time, idle time for you. Right? I got, I got your agenda laid out every day. You got no time to manipulate because you're busy about doing what's, what order is for my home. You ain't got time to manipulate me. Right? You tell her, hey, when I walk through these doors, I want my food hot. So I tell you, brother, I understand. You just, you ain't there yet, right? Because here's Jezebel. I work too. Good. I'm glad you work too. I'll say this again. When I walk home, I want my food hot. But I work too. When I come home, I want my food hot. Well, you better stop by your mother's house. I didn't marry my mama. I'm, when I come to my house, I want my food hot. See, those, those are the marriage conversations now. Those are the conversations that go beyond behind closed doors. You know, you ain't finna say any of that. Because she's telling you, when I come home, <laughs> I want my food hot. And you're like, yes, ma'am. 
your handpicked self. <laughs> Brother, I'm trying to help you. I really am. I'm trying to give you some words of wisdom. Some of them wives, some of the wives you may need to check her. Tell her she's not God. She's not. And guess what? She said, Well, I'm leaving. Guess what? Bye. Lord just answered my prayers. <laughs> I'm telling you, because she goes, she, uh, trust me, she get out there, you know, we say this to you all the time. Her parents, hey, they, they don't want her back there at the house either. Parents know they, they, they like, we raised Jezebel, but we know the manipulation. But we try to tell you ahead of time, but you wouldn't listen to us. So, hey, don't come back. She ain't come back here. They don't want that, they don't want that Jezebel daughter back there at the house. They were so glad that you, you married her, your foolish self. They was glad. I want her back at the house. They're over there laughing at you now. Can you believe she he married her? <laughs> so, hey, don't worry about her coming back home. Hey, she's not, she's not going nowhere. That's Jezebel. Manipulation. Brothers, don't be manipulated by Jezebel. Check her. Keep her busy. And your wife will be like, I'm not Jezebel. Then that's fine. Then stay busy. Stop trying to manipulate me. Now let's look at this man that was, you know, we talked about <laughs> Jezebel and, and, and we didn't even talk about Ahab. That's who, that was King Ahab was the husband of Jezebel, how he was. But we're going to look at another man that was, had to check his wife. I'm just giving you guys an idea about what it means to check her. And let's look at this man called Job. Because Job kept his priority, kept his focus when it came to his home. Look at this in Job chapter 2. Again, I'm not saying Job married Jezebel. I'm just saying Job kept priority and focus in his home. Job chapter 2. I'm telling you, brothers, you'd be surprised how much influence you have in your home. Set the direction for your home that you heard from God and stay there. Do not be moved. Job chapter 2, starting in verse number 2. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said, Unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Now, this was the time after all his children died, all his possessions gone. Right? This was the time. And Job did not uh, speak against the Lord. He sinned not against God. He kept his integrity. And hear what the Lord said about the witness of Job, right? He called Job a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed or hates evil. What would God say about your witness about you? See, that means Job spent time with God. See, I don't tell you, this is. That's the direction of your home. I spend time with God and God will give me the strategies how to run my home. 
I'm not running my home based on my own strategy. I'm running my home based on God. And it's starting with, I fear the Lord God. You should have the fear of God, men. See, let me tell you something. I fear God more than I fear my wife. Again, going back to being henpecked, some of you fear your wife more than you fear God. Oh, no, I fear the Lord God. I got to answer to Him. I got to answer to Almighty God. You, you can go back wherever you came from, but I got to answer to God. So, again, it says that Job, he still holds fast his integrity. He said, although you move me against him to destroy him without a cause. Look at this. And then Satan, verse 4, answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Now, I love, I love how Satan said this to him, right? I took all his possessions, took his children, but skin for skin, right? You attack his body, all a man give for his life. You know, we're going to make it personal because, you know, your children and, and again, your possession, that's outside. But let me hit you right where you are at home. Verse five, but put forth thy hand now touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. That's what, that's what Satan told the Lord. Hey, hey, you take away your hand, take your protection. But but if you touch it, touch his bone, and his flesh and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and he smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. Now, when I read this passage of scripture, you know what's, what's missing in these things, what happened to Job? I never heard Job say nothing here. It's amazing to me. Job does not have a comment in, this, in these passages right here. So the, the boils came, the, the, he attacked his Satan, attacked his body. Job never said nothing. Not, that's not recorded. And here we are when we get attacked. You know, we first thing we want to blame is God. God, why me? God, I did this. God, I did this. Why me? Job didn't say a word here. But guess who spoke up? Verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Now, now again, here's the thing that gets me, right? The one that's closest to you is your wife. And at, and at your lowest point, and she's going to say, you're going to still hold on your integrity. Again, we talk about integrity is who you are when nobody is watching. And say, like, you're going to still hold on to that, Joe? So I know you still ain't, you're going to still hold on. You're not moved, huh, Joe? After all that's happened, you're going to still hold on to your integrity? Curse God and die. She sounded just like Satan, who said, hey, if I attack this body, he's gonna, he will curse you to your face. And here's wife repeating that. And then look at verse 10, what Job said. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Now, let me read that again. He said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Did you catch that, right? Did he call her name? He didn't say what her name was. Right, the, the words he said to her, he checked her. He said, "What you spoke, 
is you spoke as one of the foolish women speaks. You're missing that, right? In other words, where's my wife at? I didn't marry a foolish woman. Why are you speaking to me as one of the foolish women speaks? See, when your wife comes against the order of God, she is speaking as one of the foolish women speaks. So check your wife. Like, woman, who you talk? You are talking to me as one of the foolish women speaks that don't know God. But you know God. Where is the counsel of the Lord then? See, because understand that your wife has so much influence, brothers. And at these times, you, you, know, you want your wife to speak? You want her to speak what God has said. And God has never said curse him and die. That's not your wife talking. She's not speaking as if one that's in covenant with the Lord. That she spends time with God. See, that's how you, hey, that's how you can tell, like, oh, this woman, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Uh, let me know when my wife shows back up and we can start talking. Stop talking to me. Don't talk to me crazy. See, that's how you, you bring some order in your home. And I'm saying you ain't going to say none of the words. Just, just, you know, just look that way. Just look at she's talking to you crazy. You ain't got to repeat it because she may go upside your head because you're used to that. Right. So but you just look at it like you just. No, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking counsel of the enemy in my home. And as a husband, as a male, you got to recognize when the enemy is speaking to you and when the wife is speaking to you, the one that you're in covenant with, with God, you got to recognize that. Because understand, she's like you lost these children. I mean, these children died. Her children, her children died as well. She was hurt. Right. And again, and that's what I mean by how Joe, he didn't mention any of this. You know, he spoke to her about what she said. He didn't bring up. And you know, like, I love this conversation. He didn't say anything else. She learned that, brother. We got to add on nothing to it. We got to bring up things that were in the past. What happened? You know, you know we just sometimes we just talk too much. Just deal with the issue. Don't bring up the past. Just deal with the current issue. Brother, I'm trying to help you. Learn how to speak to your wife. You speak to your wife with care, with concern. We're not, you know, the same thing we're talking about how, how uh, uh, you know, a henpecked man, the wife browbeat them. You know, husband, you can be a browbeater too, right? You can be dominating over your wife. That's not what this is about. Learn how to be tender with your, with your wife. I'm going to tell you, the, the best time, just like Job here in this time of his lowest point, your wife can have a point where she's done something wrong. And she knew she did something wrong. But that's not the time to just jump on her and get on her case. Why did you do that? You are so stupid. You, see, brother, see? Then you get what you get after that. She's, after that point, she ain't trying to manipulate you. She's serious about holding withholding sex. You ain't getting Don't even ask. Don't even look like you. Want to have, you just call me stupid. And brother, you can recover from that for years. Those words you said, yeah, you can't take them back. People say, well, in the heat of the moment, whatever. And you know, and I'm going to tell you, when women say, oh, that's what's in your heart. You said what you, hey, you meant what you said. You said what you meant. I... So, hey, be careful what you say. Just deal with the issue. Joe called her one. He said, it's one of the foolish women speaking. Did he say she was foolish? I mean, see, catch this. He said, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. He compared her to a foolish woman speaking, but he didn't call her foolish. See, I learned a lot from Job. I, hey, 
Word is how you say things. Now, how she heard it is a whole different story, but that's how I said it. So, but learn how to speak to your wife. Like I said, even when she's done something she shouldn't have done, it's okay. You've done things you shouldn't have done. She'll care. If she did some things that she shouldn't have done, you, 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 when you talk to her, you say, well, let's, let's go and see how we can correct this. Yeah, not correct her. Correct what she done. Correct the thing that she did was wrong. I hope you're catching that, man. Because, you know, in our, in our homes and our things, you know, we, we all make mistakes. There's things that we do we should, hey, we make mistakes. But that's not the time that, hey, I'm just going to go in on my wife and start calling her all kind of names. Or I'm, you know, and I know you're not cussing your wife. I mean, come on. We're not using adjectives cussing your wife. I mean, that, again, that's the wife of your, your covenant. I'm not cussing the woman that, that I married, that you chose, that you said I do to. I'm not cussing her. I'm not calling her a, a female dog. I'm not calling my wife those names. I'm not calling nobody those names, but especially not my wife. Well, she should stop acting like one. No, you, hey, whether she act like one or not, I'm not calling her those names. See, I'm saying, that's why I'm talking about this game being played all the time, you know. You got to maintain your integrity in your home, males. Because you're the one that God's given direction for your house. Because once you set that into motion, you're going to reap that hundredfold. It's coming back at you. Speak to your wife. Give her counsel. Show tenderness. Show love. Respect her. The Bible calls that dignity. Have dignity towards your wife. In other words, I value her. That's my wife. I have to show my wife I value her. Even when she makes a mistake, I show her that I value her. Say, so, honey, that's okay. We, hey, we recover. It's all right. You know, if, if she, like I said, if she goes and spends the last dime y'all had where she shouldn't have spent it, it's okay. Baby, you've been broke before. And you recover. It's all right. We'll, we'll be okay. It's not time to go off on her and say, why did you do this? And I can't believe this and blah. But brothers, you know, you can just go on your tangent as well. So again, Job said, verse 10, he said to her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speak. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Uh, he didn't sin with his lips towards God, but he also spoke well to his wife. But he checked her. And, and again, you go in later years, and it's thing that gets me. Later on in Job's life, in the time when he got restored, he had more children. Now, it, it doesn't say this, so I assume he had more children with the same wife. It didn't say Job got a new wife. It goes back and you look in the latter chapters of Job. He had, he had seven more sons and I think three more daughters. And it never said he had another wife. That means Job spoke well. He not only kept his own integrity, he kept his covenant with his wife. See, once you keep God as priority in your home, you'll know how to handle every situation that comes your way, man. But you've got to spend time with God. You gotta spend time with God. And I'm gonna tell you how, how the Lord speaks to you when it comes to your home. He'll tell you, get your lazy tail up and come to family life class. That's the Lord speaking to you. Get your lazy tail up, males, and come to family life class. See, that's what, that's what a godly woman will tell you at the house. Well, you ain't getting ready for church? 
Oh, I'll make it for Sunday morning. No, you need to be at family life class. You need counsel for this home. See, that's a godly woman talking to you. You already laid out your clothes. Everything's ready for you. You ain't got no excuse. You don't ran your bath water, whatever she does for you. Hey, is everything ready? All you got to do is get up. Go and hear from God for our home. See, that's how God is speaking to you. Go where God is speaking to you at. And God is speaking to his delegated authority, which is found in your local church, which is through our past and our teachers. Put yourself in a position to hear from God. Don't miss God. That's why we are always talking to you guys about coming to services. You think it's about us? No, it's about you. We're trying to help you out. We're trying to make sure you hear from God for your home. Because the, the trials of life, the, the turns of life, the issues of life, they are coming. And God has already said, you know, I have a, I'm giving you preparation for those times to come. And you refuse to hear the counsel. And then when the times come, all of a sudden now you're like, I don't know what to do. And God's like, yeah, I know you know what to do because when I was trying to tell you, you wasn't there. Push in. Hear from God. God is always speaking about your house and what you need to do. He's always giving you counsel. God is always showing you things ahead of time. God is always preparing us. You think about even where we are today in this ministry. God's prepared us for this throughout the years. He's prepared us for these things. God has prepared us. It's it's not like, oh, we just lucked up and all. No, God had, had laid a path orchestrated things so we are where we are today. For those that took the counsel. And it works the same way in your home. God already knows things is going to happen in your home and you cannot stop it. But God's helping you prepare to how to deal with it. Get that. You're looking to try to stop God. Like, oh, stop, not stop God. You're looking to try to stop what's going to happen. There's certain things going to transpire with your children. It is what it is. But God's trying to prepare you how to deal with it. There's things, you, hey, there's things your children will go through, but God is trying to prepare you how to deal with it as males, as fathers. But you've got to come here to counsel. Because they don't stay babies forever. You know, I love to see my little granddaughter stay baby forever, but she's going to grow up. And that's why you prepare for her parents. You better hear from God. Stand to your feet. It's always a Hannah saying, you know, nothing like This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.